The text for the sermon this morning is Hebrews 9, verse 24. Hebrews 9, 24. And to put the text into context, we'll begin reading at verse 23 and we'll read to the um, end of the chapter. Starting at verse 23, Hebrews 9. Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So the text is verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Beloved people of God, the temple service in the Old Testament was all about the Savior Jesus Christ and his work. And then you can think, for instance, of all those sacrifices brought in the temple, all pointed to that once-for-all sacrifice of Christ on the cross. But Jesus' ascension was also something that was prefigured in the Old Testament temple service, tabernacle worship. And we think about that this morning, and our theme is then our great high priest. We see, first of all, his atonement for sins. Secondly, his appearance in the presence of God. And thirdly, his intercession for us. So first of all, our great high priest's atonement for sins. When we think of atonement or satisfaction, or payment for sins. In the Old Testament, we have to think of that great day of atonement that we read about in Leviticus 16. Remember how that took place? The high priest had to take a bull and two young goats. The bull and one of those goats were to be sacrificed killed as sacrifices, the bull sacrificed for the sins of the high priest and his family, and the goat for the sins of the people. Those sacrifices foreshadowed then the, the offering of Jesus Christ. 
And that third young goat was sent into the wilderness as scapegoat. Sins of the people were symbolically laid on the head of that goat, and it was chased out into the wilderness never to return. In other words, those sins were now done away with, gone, lost in the desert. But then something else took place when the bull and the first young goat were killed. The priest collected the blood of those animals in a bowl. And then on that day of atonement, he would enter the tabernacle or temple. And he went into the holy place where the lamp and the altar of incense were. And he would push aside that veil, that heavy curtain that separated the, that place from the holy of holies. And he would enter there. Nobody was allowed to go into that holy of holies except the high priest on that one day. He actually went in twice. And then only with the blood of the bull in the first place and then later with the blood of the goat. And once he entered there, he sprinkled that blood on the ark and around that room inside the tabernacle and later the temple. Seven times number of Fullness, cover all the sins of the people. Our text says that that holy place was a copy of the true holy place, heaven. It was a kind of a model, you could say, here on earth, of what's in heaven where God lives. And the high priest who entered that holy place and that holy of holies then, that high priest himself was also a copy or a foreshadowing of the great high priest, Jesus Christ. So when the high priest went into the holy of holies, that was an Old Testament representation of Christ's ascension. When our great high priest ascended up into heaven where God himself lives in perfect holiness and glory surrounded by the hosts of heaven. So yes, Jesus, our great high priest, ascended into heaven as foreshadowed by the Old Testament high priest entering that holy of holies in temple and before that tabernacle. But there were three differences between the Old Testament high priest and Jesus, our true high priest, our great high priest. On that great day of atonement in Israel, two sacrifices were made. Bull for the sins of the high priest himself and his family and goat for the sins of all the people. Jesus only brought one sacrifice because there was no need for him to sacrifice for himself only for the people he was without sin and that's one difference and the second one is that the great day of atonement took place every year you know year after year for hundreds of years but Jesus presented himself as sacrifice once and for all. Once, and that was it, for all time. 
And that's the second difference. And the third difference is that the high priests through the centuries always sacrificed animals. But our great high priest Jesus sacrificed himself. As high priest, he was also the one who sacrificed himself. His perfect life as sacrifice for sin. He bore the full punishment for sin. Gave his life for that. His holy life. And finished with it once and for all for us. In his one sacrifice then. You realize there is an ocean of forgiveness. All sins can be thrown into it. All the sins that are thrown into it are gone forever. And congregation, you are invited to throw your sins into that deep ocean of forgiveness through the sacrifice of Christ. It's such a deep ocean that you can throw your sins into it, all your sins into it, And all people in this world could throw their sins into it, but it would never fill up. All those sins would disappear deep, deep into the depths of that ocean of forgiveness. And so then the call is for for you and me too to bring our sins of selfishness, of pride, envy, idolatry, and so on. Bring those sins there to him and let them sink away in that ocean of forgiveness through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That ocean is so deep that even if you threw the sins of a thousand worlds into it, it wouldn't, still wouldn't fill up. Whoever is burdened with the garbage of their sin can throw it into that ocean and watch it sink away until it disappears. Blessed are those then who cast their sins into that ocean. And congregation, if you you think about this, then, then you also want to pray, Lord, show me my sins so that I can throw them into that ocean. Show them to me. If there are sins in my life, confront me with those sins so that I can get rid of them in that ocean of forgiveness through the sacrifice of Christ. Because congregation, either our sins will bring us into an ocean of misery without Christ, or we can cast our sins into that ocean of forgiveness in Christ. It's one or the other. And then we come to that second part of the sermon this morning, our great high priest's appearance in the presence of God. After Jesus had brought that once-for-all sacrifice for sin, death could no longer hold him. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And our text, you know, it formulates it this way. Christ entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. To appear in the presence of God. And that means that that appearing in the presence of God means not just that he he sort of shows up there, no. 
that appearance means that he shows himself in the presence of God. That appearing has a demonstrative sense here. See, you can enter a place in different ways. If you enter a meeting and you're late for the meeting, then you're going to enter as inconspicuously as possible. Maybe sort of slipping behind the people in the, in the back because you're ashamed because you're late. But it could also be that you were given a project to complete and you did it well and on time and now you have to give your report on that project in front of a group of people. You walk to the front and show what you did. Confidently. It was done. Well, that's the sense here of, of Jesus' appearance in heaven. The Lord Jesus entered heaven He had perfectly completed what his father had given him to do here on earth. He had nothing to be ashamed of. He doesn't have to be afraid of a reprimand or so. No, he appears in God's presence and says, as it were, Father, here I am. I have completed the work you gave me to do. See the marks in my hands and my feet and the opening in my side. And that's how he appeared then before his father in heaven at his ascension. Confidently. Boldly. He wasn't afraid that his father would not receive him. Wasn't afraid that his sacrifice wouldn't be enough. Wouldn't be acceptable. He was completely confident that What he had done, that his sacrifice was sufficient. And you realize that if he appears that way before his father, then we don't have to be afraid that his sacrifice wouldn't be sufficient for our sins either, would we? He is able to forgive every sin except the sin of not going to him when called. And notice what it also says near the end of the text. To appear in the presence of God for us. Those are actually two beautiful little words to contemplate. For us. He appeared there before the presence of God for us. And for us can mean two things. When the Bible speaks about Jesus' humiliation... It says he suffered and died for us. And that means that he suffered and died under the wrath and curse of God in our place. He underwent that suffering and a cursed death so that we don't have to experience those things. That's how he's our mediator. But in his exaltation, after his resurrection, he's glorified. And he ascends and appears in the presence of God for us. And then that for us then doesn't mean in our place, but it means on our behalf. So for us in our text doesn't mean in our place, but on our behalf. In other words, he first and then we too. He receives glory so that we too may receive glory. He appears in God's presence 
so that we may also appear there. He first, we also. So when do we appear in God's presence? When do we do that? Well, first of all, in prayer. In prayer. That's how the Bible talks about it. Prayer is seeking God's face. Prayer is coming into the presence of God. Think of Psalm 27. The psalmist prays and reminds the Lord that he told him to seek his face in prayer. And we also come into God's presence when we worship together in church with his people in worship. Think of Psalm 100. We're told to worship the Lord, come into his presence with singing. So here too, right now, we're in the presence of God. And we come into the presence of God when we die, when we leave this life. We are there in God's presence. But let's not think we can appear in God's presence just like that. Because God's face shines with glorious light so that he sees every spot. He sees right through all our thoughts and intentions, right into our hearts. What is hidden to others, what we can keep from others, is fully open to him when we come before his face in prayer, in worship, and when we leave this life. Human eyes are like lamps. God's eyes are like x-rays. He sees through us. Sees also our secret sins. And the closer we come to him, the brighter the light of his presence. You realize that we could never come into God's presence the way we are and live in ourselves. We can't truly approach God in prayer or worship Him of ourselves. We can't come into His presence at the end of our lives as we are here now. If we came before Him as we are, we'd end up being cast away from His presence as far as possible in hell. That's the way it is in ourselves. We, we need to appear in God's presence in order to live, but of ourselves we can't. But Jesus Christ, our high priest, he ascended into heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for us. He first, so that we also can appear in God's presence. Also today, he first so that we can also appear in God's presence. By means of entering into heaven with his sacrifice, heaven has been purified, says verse 23. Just as the Old Testament high priest purified the tabernacle and temple by sprinkling with that blood of those sacrifices... 
So the Lord Jesus, as it were, sprinkled there with, in heaven with his blood and purified it. You know, recently they found areas in Ontario where there was bird flu. And people who visited poultry barns had to stand in a tray of disinfectant and be sprayed with that disinfectant before they were allowed to enter a, a turkey barn or a chicken barn. So the Lord Jesus purified heaven with his blood. His blood is like that disinfectant. Whoever enters there through that tray and that spray is welcome in. That person can come into God's presence no matter how unclean he or she is or how sinful because Christ's blood disinfects, purifies and once purified, a person can enter. And see, that's why it says in the Bible, seek God's face. Come before him in prayer. Approach him. You can come, you can come to him into his presence because our great, great high priest purifies us. That's why the Bible also says come into God's presence with singing and worship. We can worship today, come here and worship together in God's presence because of Christ. Not because of anything in us, because of who we are, but because of Christ. That's how we can come today to his presence in worship. We can enter his gates without fear. And that's also why we can leave this life without dread. We can come before God's face in peace then because of the purifying blood of Christ our high priest. Congregation, do you experience the joy of being able to approach God's face and come into his presence without fear? Or are our prayers rote? And is our worship maybe only outward form? Think about it. You're here in the presence of God. And he, he sees you here. Sees what's in you. Christ has opened the way for us to be able to approach God's face here today. And in prayer. And he wants that to be blissful reality for us. And that's why we're told. He ascended into heaven. And approached God's presence for us. We come to the last part of the sermon. Our great high priest's intercession for us. There's more to those two little words. For us. They mean on our behalf. Jesus first. Then we too. But our great high priest has also appeared in the presence of God for us in another way. And that also comes to the fore then in other places 
in the letter to the Hebrews. For instance, in 7 verse 25, it says there, 7 verse 25, Therefore he, also, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to him through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Make intercession for us. Christ now appears in the presence of God to pray for us. That's also how he is there, for us. He shows, he constantly shows his once and for all sacrifice to his Father and appeals to him for our benefit on the basis of that sacrifice. Holds out his hands with the marks of the nails And it's wonderful to know that he does that for three reasons. First, he prays for his own, even when they don't pray. Even when they can't pray. Even when they can't pray yet. Or can't pray any longer. Or even when they simply don't pray anymore. He intercedes. If I fall into sin and I'm more and more pulled away from God by Satan's power and become insensitive and uncaring toward God, then my great high priest prays long before I come to repentance and to real prayer again. Long before I'm on my knees, he's already praying for me. He prays, Father, don't, don't withdraw your spirit from him. And then the reason I return again to God and to, to prayer is because of Christ's intercession. Think of how he said to Peter, Satan demanded to have you, Peter, but I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And then later, Peter wept bitterly and prayed. Or you know, if I'm, I'm in danger on a certain day, you know, I, I just go out somewhere and I don't realize that I'm actually in danger and instead I just assume things are going fine and I forget to pray. He doesn't forget to pray for me. Or if I become forgetful and I'm diagnosed with dementia, so confused I can't pray anymore, he prays for me in heaven. That's how our great high priest constantly intercedes for us in the presence of God in heaven. He takes care that the devil and sin and blindness and infirmity don't cause his own to lose what he has obtained for them. And that's, that's one reason we can be thankful for Christ's intercession. But he also intercedes for us before God when we in our state here pray for foolish things because our prayers are not perfect. Think of Paul who prayed a number of times, Father, please remove this thorn pushed in my flesh by Satan. And while Paul was praying that, the intercessor in heaven prayed, Father, don't remove that thorn from Paul's flesh because otherwise he'll become proud and conceited. Let him learn that my grace is sufficient for him. 
Maybe I pray, Father, heal me of this disease, of this sickness, this pain. But Christ prays, Father, don't do that. Because your grace is made greater through his dealing with that disease or that that pain. And then I can pray, Father, bless my work so I have more income and can buy this or that. But Christ maybe prays, Father, don't give him any more because then he'll start forgetting you. And maybe I pray, Father, give me a relationship with that, that person. And he prays, Father, don't give him a relationship with that person because that person doesn't want to serve God. And then later on, we give thanks. Father, thank you for not giving me what I I asked for because it's better the way it is now. Christ intercedes for us. And the third reason we can be happy for our great high priest intercession is heaven in heaven is because our own prayers are so so imperfect and shaky. You know, we we often pray uh, out of routine, thoughtlessly, habitually, fold our hands, bow our head, and get this over with. And then also we pray quite often with wrong motives, selfish motives, and we don't always think our prayers will be answered anyway. We lack trust. We say amen, which means true and certain, but we're not always that sure God will hear us anyway. But our great high priest takes our prayers, our imperfect prayers, and he purifies them before they reach the throne of grace. And then he removes what isn't good. He cleanses what is worthy. And that's how he presents it to the Father. Congregation, if our life and well-being and our faith depended on the purity and the piety and the devotedness of our own prayers, we'd be sunk. As we confess in the catechism, even our best works are defiled by sin. Also, our best prayers are defiled by sin. That's why we need that great high priest in heaven to intercede for us in the presence of his almighty Father. And then there's that one little word in our text that's worth thinking about yet, that little word, now. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. When did Jesus appear in the presence of his Father in heaven? At his ascension. But the letter to the Hebrews was written maybe 30, 40 years later. And the writer inspired by the Spirit still writes, now. In other words, that now counts for today, for always. Also, now, more than 2,000 years later. 2,000 years ago, he ascended into heaven. Now, still appearing in the presence of God for us. Also, now, as we sit here today... Our high priest, we may believe, is there in the presence of God, purifying, interceding, working for us. We can come into God's presence in worship and prayer today because of him. Let's make use of that opportunity then that he gives for worship and prayer.
while we can. Then we also won't be afraid when it comes time for us to leave this life and appear personally in God's presence. Finally, congregation, one more thing. Remember how the Old Testament priest first sacrificed and then entered the Holy of Holies on that Day of Atonement. And as we know from old Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, you know, in Luke 1, the priest would come out again to the people after he went in to the temple and the holy place and so on. He would come out, intercede for them in the holy place, and then come out into the temple courts to the people And how did he come out to them with his hands lifted in blessing? Well, look at Christ. He brought the sacrifice to end all sacrifices on Good Friday. And then he rose and then he ascended into the heavenly sanctuary, the heavenly holy of holies. And as the angels said, he will come again in the same way as he ascended into heaven. And how did he ascend into heaven? Hands stretched out in blessing. That's how he's going to come too. He will bless those who are waiting for him so that God's face will always be turned to them and shine on them in love forever. As it says in the last verse of our chapter where we find our text To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Blessed are you then if you are one of those who wait eagerly for him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us in Jesus Christ, a great high priest who, after he brought the ultimate and complete sacrifice for sins, entered heaven on our behalf and now appears before you for us to intercede for us, to work there for us. Lord, how good it is to hear that from your word and to be able to believe that, to know that He speaks to you for us on our behalf. What an encouragement to continue to to pray and to worship and to work here. For we're not on our own, but our Savior works with us and for us in your presence. Let our hearts then always be lifted on high where he is with you in heaven the true holy of holies, and then lifted up in also the expectation that like the priest, as the priest came out of the the holy of holies into the temple courts to bless the people, our Lord, our great high priest, will also come again with arms lifted up in blessing for his people. Help us to wait for him. In his name we pray, amen.